Chapter 19, Part 3 of A Short Account of the History of Mathematics by W. W. Rouse Ball. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This is a reading by Paul King, pjk.scripts.mit.edu. A Short Account of the History of Mathematics by W. W. Rouse Ball. Chapter 19. Mathematics of Recent Times. Part 3. The consideration of algebraical, trigonometrical, elliptic, hyperelliptic, and other special kinds of functions paved the way for a theory of functions, which promises to prove a most important and far-reaching branch of mathematics. To a large extent, this is the work of living mathematicians, and therefore outside the limits of this chapter. I will content myself by referring to the following writers. First I may mention Cauchy, who gave the general elementary theory of functions, and Liouville, who wrote chiefly on doubly periodic functions. Their investigations were extended and connected in the work of Briot and Bouquet, and further been developed by Hermite. Next I may refer to the researches on the theory of algebraic functions which have their origin in Riemann's paper of 1850. Schwartz has established accurately certain theorems of which proofs given by Riemann were open to objection. Klein has connected Riemann's theory of functions with the theory of groups and have written on automorphic functions. Henri Poincaré professor in Paris, born at Nancy in 1854, has also written on automorphic functions and on the general theory with special applications to differential equations. Finally, I may refer to the work of Weierstrauss and Mittagleffer. Of these, Karl Weierstrauss has created a large part of the modern theory of functions, and in particular has constructed the theory of uniform analytical functions. And Magnus Gustav Mittag-Leffler, born at Stockholm in 1846 and now professor there, has greatly developed the theory of analytical functions, a subject on which Hermite has also written. In connection with these researches, Paul-Emile Appel, professor in Paris, born at Strasbourg in 1858, C. Emile Picard of Paris, Edouard Goursat of Paris, has written on special branches of the theory. As textbooks, I may mention Dr. Forsyth's Theory of Functions of a Complex Variable, Cambridge, 1893, and Carl Neumann's Vorslungen über Riemann's Theorie der Abselschen Integrale, Second Edition, Leipzig, 1884. The theory of numbers may be considered as a higher arithmetic, and the theory of elliptical and abelian functions as a higher trigonometry. The theory of higher algebra, including the theory of equations, has also attracted considerable attention, and was a favorite subject of study of the three mathematicians, Cauchy, Hamilton, and De Morgan, whom I propose to mention next, though the interests of these writers were by no means limited to this subject. Cauchy. The first of these mathematicians is the best representative of the French school of analysis in this century. 
Augustin Louis Cauchy, who was born in Paris on August 21, 1789, and died at Sion on May 25th, 1857, was educated at the Polytechnic School, the nursery of so many French mathematicians of that time, and adopted the profession of a civil engineer. His earliest mathematical paper was one on polyhedra in 1811. Legendre thought so highly of it that he asked Cauchy to attempt the solution of an analogous problem which had baffled previous investigators, and his advice was justified by the success of Cauchy in 1812. Memoirs on Analysis and the Theory of Numbers presented in 1813, 1814, and 1815 shewed that his ability was not confined to geometry alone. In one of these papers he generalized some results which had been established by Gauss and Legendre. In another of them he gave a theorem on the number of values which an algebraical function can assume when the literal constants it contains are interchanged. It was the latter theorem that enabled Abel to shew that in general an algebraic equation of a degree higher than the fourth cannot be solved by the use of purely algebraical expressions. To Cauchy and Gauss we owe the scientific treatment of series which have an infinite number of terms, and the former established general rules for investigating the convergency and divergency of such series. It is only a few works of an earlier date that contain any discussion as to the limitations of the series employed. It is said that Laplace, who was present when Cauchy read his first paper on the subject, was so impressed by the illustrations of the danger of employing such series without a rigorous investigation of their convergency that he put on, side, on one side the work on which he was then engaged and denied himself to all visitors, in order to see if any of the demonstrations given in the earlier volumes of the Mécanique Celeste were invalid and he was fortunate enough to find that no material errors had been thus introduced. The treatment of series and of the fundamental conceptions of the calculus in most of the textbooks then current was based on Euler's works, and to any one trained to accurate habits of thought was not free from objection. It is one of the chief merits of Cauchy that he placed those subjects on a logical foundation. On the Restoration in 1816, the French Academy was purged, and, in spite of the indignation and scorn of French scientific society, Cauchy accepted a seat which was procured for him by the expulsion of Monge. He was also at the same time made professor at the Polytechnic, and his lectures there on algebraic analysis, the calculus, and the theory of curves were published as textbooks. On the revolution in 1830, he went into exile and was first appointed professor at Turin, where he soon moved to Prague to undertake the education of the Comte de Chambord. He returned to France in 1837 and in 1848 and again in 1851 by special dispensation of the emperor was allowed to occupy a chair of mathematics without taking the oath of allegiance. His activity was prodigious, and from 1830 to 1859 he published in the Transactions of the Academy of the Comtes Rendus over 600 original memoirs and about 150 reports. In most of them the feverish haste with which they were thrown off is too visible, 
and many are marred by obscurity, repetition of old results, and blunders. Among the more important of his researches are the discussion of tests for the convergency of series, and the determination of the number of real and imaginary roots of any algebraic equation. His method of calculating these roots approximately, his theory of the symmetric functions of the coefficients of equations of any degree, his a priori evaluation of quantity less than the least difference between the roots of an equation, and his papers on determinants in 1841 which did a great deal to bring them into general use. Cauchy also did something to reduce the art of determining definite integrals to a science, but this branch of the integral calculus still remains without much system or method. The rule for finding the principal values of integrals was enunciated by him, and the calculus of residues was his invention. His proof of Taylor's theorem seems to have originated from a discussion of the double periodicity of elliptic functions. The means of shewing a connection between the different branches of a subject by giving imaginary values to independent variables is largely due to him. He also gives a direct analytical method for determining planetary inequalities of long period, and to physics he contributed a memoir on the quantity of light reflected from the surfaces of metals, as well as other papers on optics. Argand. I may mention here the name of Jean-Robert Argand, who was born at Geneva on July 22, 1768, and died circa 1825. In his essay, issued in 1806, he gave a geometrical representation of a complex number, and applied it to shew that every algebraic equation has a root. This was prior to the memoirs of Gauss and Cauchy on the same subject. But the essay did not attract much attention when it was first published. An earlier demonstration that the square root of minus 1 indicates perpendicularity due to Bouet was published in the Philosophical Transactions for 1806, and the idea was foreshadowed in a memoir by H. Kuhn in the Transactions for 1750 of the St. Petersburg Academy. Hamilton. In the opinion of some writers, the theory of quaternions will be ultimately esteemed by one of the great discoveries of this century. The discovery is due to Sir William Rowan Hamilton, who was born of Scotch parents in Dublin on August 4, 1805, and died there on September 2, 1865. His education, which was carried out at home, seems to have been singularly discursive. Under the influence of an uncle who was a good linguist, he first devoted himself to linguistic studies. By the time he was seven, he could read Latin, Greek, French, and German with facility. And when thirteen, he was able to boast that he was familiar with as many languages as he had lived years. It was about this time that he came across a copy of Newton's Universal Arithmetic. This was his introduction to modern analysis, and he soon mastered the elements of analytical geometry and the calculus. He next read the Principia, and the four volumes then published of Laplace's Mécanique Celeste. In the latter, he detected a mistake, and his paper on the subject, written in 1823, placed him at once in the front rank of mathematicians. In the following year, he entered at Trinity College, Dublin. 
His university career is unique, for the chair of astronomy becoming vacant in 1827, while he was yet an undergraduate, he was asked by the electors to stand for it, and was elected unanimously, it being understood that he should be left free to pursue his own line of study. His earliest paper, written in 1823, was on optics, and was published in 1828 under the title of A Theory of Systems of Rays, which two supplements, written in 1831 and 1832, were afterwards added. In the latter of these, the phenomenon of conical refraction is predicted. This was followed by a paper in 1827 on the principle of varying action, and in 1834 and 1835 by memoirs on a general method in dynamics, the subject of theoretical dynamics being properly treated as a branch of pure mathematics. His lectures on quaternions was published in 1852. Amongst his other papers, I may specially mention one on the form of the solution of the general algebraic equation of the fifth degree, which confirmed the conclusion arrived at by Abel that it cannot be expressed in terms of the more elementary operations and functions. One on fluctuating functions, one on the hodograph, and lastly on the numerical solution of differential equations. His elements of quaternions were issued in 1866. Of this, a competent authority says that the methods of analysis there given shew as great an advance over those of analytical geometry as the latter shewed over those of Euclidean geometry. In more recent times, the subject has been further developed by Tate. Hamilton was painfully fastidious on what he published and he left an immense collection of manuscript books which are now in the library of Trinity College, Dublin, and some of which it is hoped will be ultimately printed. Grassman. The idea of non-commutative algebras and of quaternions seemed to have occurred to Grassmann about the same time as to Hamilton. Hermann Gunther Grassmann, born at Stettin on April 15, 1809, and died there in 1877. He was a professor at the gymnasium at Stettin. His researches on non-commutative algebras are contained in his Ausdehnungslehre, first published in 1844 and enlarged in 1862. The scientific treatment of the fundamental principles of algebra initiated by Hamilton and Grassmann were continued by De Morgan and Boole, and subsequently was further developed by H. Henkel in his work on complexes, 1867, and by G. Cantor on his memoirs on the theory of irrationals, 1871. The discussion is, however, so technical that I am unable to do more than allude to it. Grassmann also investigated the properties of homoalloidal hyperspace. De Morgan Augustus de Morgan, born in Madura, Madras, in June 1806 and died in London on March 18, 1871, was educated at Trinity College, Cambridge, but in the then state of the law was, as a Unitarian, ineligible to a fellowship. In 1828 he became professor at the newly established University of London, which is the same institution as that now known as University College. There, except for five years from 1831 to 1835, he taught continuously till 1867, and through his works and pupils exercised a wide influence on English mathematicians of the present day. 
the london mathematical society was largely his creation and he took a prominent part in the proceedings of the royal astronomical society he was perhaps more deeply read in the philosophy and history of mathematics than any of his contemporaries but the results are given in scattered articles as well which well deserve collection and republication a list of these is given in his life and i have made considerable use of some of them in this book the best known of his works are the memoirs of the foundation of algebra cambridge philosophical transactions volumes eight and nine his treatise on the differential calculus published in eighteen forty two a work of great ability and noticeable for the rigorous treatment of infinite series and his articles on the calculus of functions on the theory of probabilities in the encyclopedia metropolitana the article on the calculus of functions contains an investigation of the principles of symbolic reasoning but the applications deal with the solution of functional equations rather than with the general theory of functions the article on the theory of probabilities gives a clear analysis of the mathematics of the subject to the time at which it was written besides those above named i may mention the following who have written on the subjects of higher algebra the theory of forms and the theory of equations joseph ludwig rab who in 1832 discussed the test for the convergency of series, a subject also discussed later by Joseph-Louis-François Bertrand, secretary of the French Academy, born in Paris in 1822, Kummer, Ulysse Dini of Pisa, and A. Pringsheim of Munich, and on the researches of the above writers see the bulletin of the new york mathematical society october eighteen ninety two pages one to ten george boole born at lincoln in november second eighteen fifteen died at cork on december eighth eighteen sixty four who invented a system of non-commutative algebra and from whose memoirs on linear transformations uh, part of the theory of covariance has developed Everest Galois, one of the most original and powerful mathematicians of this century, born at Paris on October 26, 1811, and then killed in a duel on May 30, 1832, at the early age of 20, whose writings are mainly concerned with the theory of equations and substitution groups. On his investigation, see Liouville's Journal for 1846, volume 11, pages 381 to 444 and the american journal of mathematics for 1891 volume 13 pages 109 to 142 carl wilhelm borchardt professor in berlin born there on february 22nd 1817 died there 1880 who in particular discussed generating functions in the theory of equations and arithmetic geometric means a collected edition of his works, edited by G. Hetner, was issued at Berlin in 1888. Cayley, whose ten classical memoirs on quantics, binary and ternary forms, and researches on non-commutative algebras, especially on matrices, will be found in the collected edition of his works. Sylvester, from among those whose numerous memoirs I may in particular single out, those on canonical forms, 
on the theory of contravariance, reciprocants of differential invariance, on the theory of equations, and that on Newton's rule, to which I may add that he has created the language and notation of considerable parts of the subjects on which he has written. Camille Jordan, who has written on the theory of substitutions in general and with special applications to differential equations. Sir George Gabriel Stokes, Lucasian professor in the University of Cambridge, born near Sligo on, Oct on August 13, 1819, who has written on the critical values of the sums of the periodic series and on the summation of series. Cambridge Philosophical Transactions, 1847, Volume 8, pages 533 to 583. See also below, pages 492 and 496. Eugene Netto of Strasbourg, who has written on substitutions. Hermite, who has in particular discussed the theory of associated contravariance in binary quantics, the theory of ternary quantics, and who has applied elliptic functions to the solution of the quintic equation. Enrico Betti of Pisa, who died in 1892, and Brioschi, both of whom discussed binary quantics. Siegfried Heinrich Ehrenhold, born at Engerberg on July 16, 1819, who developed symbolic methods, especially in connection with ternary quantics. This was done concurrently with, but independently of, Cayley's work on the same subject. Paul Gordan, professor at Erlangen, who had discussed the theory of forms and shewed that there are only a finite number of concomitants of quantics. An edition of his work on invariance, determinants, and binary forms, edited by G. Kersteiner, was issued at Leipzig in three volumes, 1885, 1887, and 1893. Rudolf Frederick Alfred Klebsch, born at Königsberg in 1833, died in Göttingen, where he was professor in 1872, who also independently investigated the theory of binary forms in some papers collected and published in 1871. An account of his life and works is printed in the Mathematische Annalen, 1873, volume 6, pages 197 to 202, and 1874, volume 7, pages 1 to 55. See also below. McMahon, who has written on the connection of symmetric functions, the derivation of invariance and the covariance from elementary algebra, and the concomitants of binary forms. Sophus Lai, professor at Leipzig, who has written on groups of continuous substitutions, differential invariance, and complexes of lines. Klein, who has investigated the problem of discontinuous substitutions in polyhedra groups. And lastly, Andrew Russell Forsyth, fellow and lecturer of Trinity College, Cambridge, born at Glasgow on June 18, 1858, who has developed the theory of invariance of differential equations, ternariance, and quaternariance. No account of contemporary writings of this subject would be complete without a reference to the admirable textbooks produced by George Salmon, provost at Trinity, Trinity College, Dublin, born in 1819 in his higher algebra and by joseph alfred serrett professor at the sorbonne in paris on august 30, 1819 died in 1885 
in his cours d'algebra supérieure in which the chief discoveries of their respective authors are embodied an admirable historical summary of the theory of the complex variable is given in the Vosolingen über die Komplexen Zahlen, Leipzig, 1867, by H. Henkel, professor at Tübingen, born at Halle in 1839, and died at Schramberg in 1873. Before mentioning the creators of modern synthetic geometry, it will be convenient to call attention to two other divisions of pure mathematics which have been greatly developed in recent years but any sketch of the results arrived at or the methods by which they have been attained would be so closely connected with the work of living mathematicians that i shall do little more than mention the names of the subjects analytical geometry has been studied by a host of modern writers but i do not propose to describe their investigations and i shall content myself by merely mentioning the names of the following mathematicians james booth born in the country of leitrim on august twenty fifth eighteen o six and died at buckinghamshire on april fifteenth eighteen seventy eight was one of the earliest writers in this century to devote himself to the development of analytical geometry his chief results are embodied in his work entitled a treatise on some new geometrical methods the researches of james mcculloch professor in dublin born near starbane in eighteen o nine and died in dublin in october twenty fourth eighteen forty six which includes some valuable discoveries in the theory of quadrics will be found in this collected works edited by jellet and houghton dublin eighteen eighty see also below eighteen page four ninety six julius plucker professor after eighteen thirty six in bonn born at elberfield on july sixteenth eighteen o one and died at bonn on may twenty second eighteen sixty eight devoted himself chiefly to the study of algebraic curves of a geometry in which the line is the element in space and the theory of congruences and complexes his equations connecting the singularities of curves are well known in eighteen forty seven he exchanged his chair for one of physics and his subsequent researches were on spectra and magnetism an account of his works was published by klebsch gelschaft der wissenschaften gottingen eighteen seventy two volume sixteen the majority of the memoirs on analytical geometry by cayley and by henry smiths deal with the theory of curves and surfaces the most remarkable of those of ludwig otto hess born at Königsberg on april twenty second eighteen eleven and died at munich where he was professor in eighteen seventy four are on the plane geometry of curves see the notice of these by f c klein of those of jean gaston darbou professor in paris born at nines at eighteen forty two on the geometry of surfaces and those of halfen on the singularities of surfaces and on tortuous curves the singularities of curves and surfaces have also been considered by Hieronymus Georg Suthen, professor at Copenhagen, born in 1839, and by Hermann Kaiser Hannibal Schubert, professor at Hamburg, born at Potsdam in 1848. The lectures of the latter have been published by F. Lindemann, two volumes, Leipzig, 1875 and 1891. Noether has discussed the theory of tortuous curves and Klebsch has applied Abel's theorem to geometry. Among more recent textbooks are Klebsch's Vorlesungen über Geometrie, edited by F. Lindemann, 
and Selman's conic sections geometry of three dimensions, and higher plane curves in which the chief discoveries of these writers are embodied. Finally, I may allude to the extension of the subject matter of analytical geometry by the introduction of the ideas of space of n dimensions in the writings of Grossmann in 1844 and 1862. Among those who have extended the range of analysis, including the calculus and differential equations, or whom it is difficult to place in any of the preceding categories, are the following, whom I place in alphabetical order. Appel, Bertrand, Boulle, Cauchy, Darboux. Forsyth, who has written on Pfaff's problem and is also the author of the standard English treatise on differential equations. Frobenius, Lazarus Fuchs, professor at Berlin, born in Prussia, 1833. Halfen, Jacobi, Jordan, Koenigsberger, Sophie Kolowski, professor at Stockholm, born on December 27, 1853, and died February 18, 1891. See the Bulletin des Sciences Mathematiques volume 15, pages 212 to 220. Lai, Poincaré, Riemann, who wrote on the theory of partial differential equations, Schwartz, Sylvester, and Weierstrauss, who has developed the calculus of variations. The writers I have mentioned above mostly concern themselves with analysis. I will next describe some of the more important works produced in this century on synthetic geometry. Modern synthetic geometry may be said to have had its origin in the works of Mange in 1800, Carnot in 1803, and Poncelet in 1822, but these only dimly foreshadowed the great extension it was to receive in Germany, of which Steiner and von Staudt are perhaps the best-known exponents. Steiner Jacob Steiner, the greatest geometrician since the time of Apollonius was born at Utzendorf on March 18, 1796, and died at Bern on April 1, 1863. His father was a peasant, and the boy had no opportunity to learn reading and writing till the age of 14. He subsequently went to Heidelberg and thence to Berlin, supporting himself by giving lessons. His Systematische Interwitzelungen was published in 1832 and at once made his reputation. It contains a full discussion of the principle of duality and of the projective and homographic relations of rows, pencils, etc., based on metrical properties. By the influence of Krell, Jacobi, and the von Humboldts, who were impressed by the power of his work, a chair of geometry was created for Steiner at Berlin, and he continued to occupy it till his death. The most important of his other researches are contained in papers which appeared originally in Krell's journal and are embodied in his Systematische Geometrie, Volume 1, edited by C. F. Geyser, Volume 2 by H. Schroeter. These relate chiefly to the properties of algebraic curves and surfaces, pedals and roulettes, and maxima and minima. The discussion is purely geometrical. Steiner's works may be considered as the classical authority on recent synthetic geometry. Von Staudt, a system of pure geometry quite distinct from that expanded by Steiner, was proposed by Karl Georg Christian von Staudt, born at Rothenburg on January 24, 1798, and died in 1867, who held the chair of mathematics at Erlangen. In his Geometrie der Lage, 
published in 1847, he constructed a system of geometry built up without any reference to number or magnitude, but in spite of its abstract form, he succeeded by means of it alone in establishing the non-metrical projective properties of figures, discussed imaginary points, lines, and planes, and even obtained a geometrical definition of a number. These views were further elaborated in his Bertrage de Géométrie de l'Âge, 1856-1860. This geometry is curious and brilliant, and has been used by Kuhlmann as the basis of his graphical statistics. Among other works on pure geometry, I may refer to the Introduzione ad una teoria geometrica della curva piane, 1862, and its continuation, Preliminari de una teoria geometrica della superficie, by Luigi Cremona, of the Polytechnic School at Rome. As usual, textbooks I may mention, M. Charles's Traité de Géométrie Supérieure, 1852, J. Steiner's Volesungen über Synthetische Geometrie, 1867, and L. Cremona's Elemente Geometrie Projective, translated into English by C. Lusendorf, Oxford, 1885, and Thomas Reyes' Geometrie de l'Age, three volumes, third edition. I shall conclude the chapter with a few notes, more or less discursive, on branches of mathematics of a less abstract character and concerned with problems that occur in nature. Closely connected with the subject of modern geometry is a science of graphics in which rules are laid down for solving various problems by the aid of the drawing board. The modes of calculation which are permissible are considered in modern projective geometry. This method of attacking questions has been hitherto applied chiefly to problems in mechanics, elasticity, and electricity, and it is especially useful in engineering, and in that subject an average draftsman ought to be able to obtain approximate solutions of most of the equations, differential or otherwise, with which he is likely to be concerned, which will not involve errors greater than would have to be allowed for in any case in consequence of our imperfect knowledge of the structure of the materials employed. The theory may be said to have originated with Poncelet's work, but I believe that it is only within the last twenty years that systematic expositions of it have been published. Among the best known of such works I may mention are Graphische Statik by C. Kuhlmann, Zurich, 1875, recently edited by W. Ritter, and the Lesioni di Statistica Grafica by A. Favaro, Padua, 1877, French translation annotated by P. P. Terrier in two volumes, 1879 to 85, and the Calcolo Grafico by L. Cremona, Milan, 1879, English translation by T. H. Beer, Oxford, 1889, which is largely founded on Mobius's work. La Statique Graphique by M. Levy, Paris, four volumes, 1886-88, and La Statistica Graphica by C. Cerotti, Milan, 1888. The general character of these books will be sufficiently illustrated by the following note on the concepts of Kuhlmann's work. 
Kuhlmann commences with a description of the geometrical representation of the four fundamental processes of addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division, and proceeds to evolution and involution, the latter being effected by the use of equilangular spirals. He next shews how the quantities considered, such as volumes, moments, and moments of inertia, may be represented by straight lines, thence deduces the laws for combining forces, couples, etc., and then explains the construction and use of the ellipse and ellipsoid of inertia, the neutral axis, and the kern. The remaining and larger part of the book is devoted to shewing how geometrical drawings made up on these principles give the solutions of many practical problems connected with arches, bridges, frameworks, earth pressure on walls and tunnels, etc. The subject has been treated during the last twenty years by numerous writers, especially in Italy and Germany, and applied to a large number of problems. But as I stated at the beginning of this chapter, that I should as far as possible avoid discussions of the works of living authors, I content myself with a bare mention of the subject. End of section 36. Recording by Paul King, Mississauga, Ontario, pjk.scripts.mit.edu forward slash pkj.